From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today on the program, we know that sometimes we cook a little bit more than we need. Maybe the kids were supposed to come over for dinner but canceled. Or no whatever RSVP'd for the dinner actually showed up. Did you know that there are places you can take that uneaten food to help out hungry citizens? The Society of St. Andrew is one of those places, and we'll talk with the program coordinator, Andy Lemon, today. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by giving us a phone call. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Well, I think everyone has had an opportunity or a chance or a a situation where they cooked more than they needed. Maybe you invited more people that came over to dinner that actually showed up. Some folks canceled at the last minute. So you're left with some leftover uneaten food. Did you know that there are places you can take that food that will help out some hungry citizens in Mississippi? The Society of St. Andrew is one of those places. And later in this hour, we're going to be talking with the program coordinator, Andy Lemon, about the work that they do. In the meantime, you can call in and let us know what's going on in your kitchen. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464, or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you had a good weekend. Good morning, Kevin. I had a fantastic weekend. Um, I managed to get just a tiny bit of housework in, uh, so I called all the little magical fairies over to have them mop <laughs> and scrub the corners and stuff, and that was a whole lot of fun. And it was a beautiful weekend, so I got out a little bit and enjoyed some of this uh, pleasant trees that we've got going on here. So um, I... Um Made some um, sweet potatoes uh, the other day. I just had that for dinner, but uh, used um, some honey in there. So I had some honey and some cinnamon and uh, roasted them up in the oven. It turned out quite good. Well, you know, I I think you can never go wrong using honey. After all, it's called cooking with honey (laughs) and friends. (laughs) But I thought it was a different way to – thought about baking it, but then uh, I, I guess from – uh, my Blue Apron experience, um, I've enjoyed roasting things more. So I've started trying to roast vegetables more and carrots and zucchini and uh, either potatoes or sweet potatoes. And that, I think, uh, just a little bit of a different take on it and still, you know, get easy to do. Well, believe it or not, Kevin, ro- roasting is thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. And so, you know, the first rotisserie, some caveman had stuck a bunch of vegetables and a pheasant on a stick and he's holding it over fire. So, But the, the taste that you get from roasting is sometimes so incredible. You get this little crackling on the skin, depending on what the vegetable is, and it just it infuses all these flavors. It pushes it right back into the vegetable. And so I love to be able to have things that are roasted, especially sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. When we were little, my grandfather would take them and put them in the ashes of the fireplace and let them naturally roast that way. So 
So uh, we're going to be talking today with uh, Andy Lemon, uh, the program coordinator for the Society of St. Andrew, to learn more about the work that they do. But uh, in the meantime and throughout the show, let's uh, uh, ask what's going on in your kitchen. Maybe a new recipe that you've tried out, uh, some new food that you've be- tried out, a new uh, restaurant you've gone to. Uh, let us know food-wise what's going on in your area. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. So this morning, uh, you brought in something that I think uh, would be a good um, a tailgating item uh, because they're they're little small ones, uh, sliders. So tell us about uh, w- you know how you came up with that and, and what you brought for us. Well, Kevin, you know it's that time of year for all the hotty toddies. You know it's uh, football season and everybody's tailgating. And you're absolutely right. That was what I was thinking this morning. We made these amazing little miniature burgers. And they got an egg that's cooked right in the center, Kevin. Really super easy to make. You simply put together your hamburger meat, and I added in all the wonderful seasonings that I wanted. And I literally boiled some eggs until they were completely hard, sliced them up, allowed them to cool, and then I sliced them up, put them in the center of the meat, put a little piece of cheese in there, folded those patties up, grilled them up. They are absolutely beautiful to look at, nice little bite. And then I've also... Uh, did a little bit of chicken, fried it up this morning, Kevin, and topped it with a yummy homemade coleslaw. So, yeah, the coleslaw is really good, <clears throat> and I'm I'm not a big fan of boiled eggs, but um, I thought that had a little bit of an interesting taste to it, and um, the um, the sliders were very moist. So, how do you go about making sure when you're cooking ground beef that in a burger or a meatloaf or something like that, what, what do you do to make sure that it, it stays nice and juicy? Well, one of the things that I always do, Kevin, is I'm going to add some liquid fillers into that meat itself. And one of the things that I add right into it is just a dollop of mayonnaise right into Some people will you know, use eggs, especially when they're doing uh, meatloaf. But I like the idea of using just a dollop of um, mayonnaise. I may use a little bit of steak sauce, you know, you pick your favorite uh, brand, and then just kind of work that into that meat. And it gives it this really, really moist, not dried out, not hard kind of taste that sometimes burgers can get, especially if you're going to put them on the grill. You want them to come off really moist, really juicy, and that's a great way. That's one of my secrets, Kevin. So now you have it. <clears throat> it worked, too. I mean, that, like I said, they were really, really um, juicy and then good flavor with them, too. And just uh, the buns, just are those just kind of regular uh, hamburger just, buns? They're just regular old Pepperidge Farm uh, buns, and they were on sale. And, of course, I'm, you know, I cook a lot, so I'm always looking for those specials. And so I was really happy with Kroger's this week. Uh, they had some of the items that I need for baking that were on sale, but these buns were one of those things, Kevin. So, And then we got uh, our fresh cabbage here. And instead of using... Um, um, Carrots in the coleslaw, I used sweet potatoes. There are tiny bites of golden uh, apples in here, and you've got golden raisins tossed right in. So it gives your coleslaw this really delicate uh, flavor. And then, Kevin, if you notice, there's just a hint of mint right in the coleslaw. Hmm. A lot of good flavors going on there. A lot of flavors. And that's the good stuff is it, it, it works well on top of the um, the slider, but you could have a, a side dish and just have some of that coleslaw on its own there as well. So a little forward promotion. Next week on the show, we're going to invite two foodies, uh, two food bloggers to join us. Uh, We'll be visiting with uh, Carolyn Hicks of SipJackson.com and Lisa Bynum from TheCookingBride.com. So um, speaking of of foodies, and, you know, I think they always like to experiment with new types of food. uh, Have you had any uh, good dishes, anything new 
come out of the kitchen? Oh, Kevin, you know, I'm always in the kitchen experimenting. Um, over the weekend, I created a rum custard pie, a buttered rum custard pie. And I shared the uh, recipe at our Cooking with Honey and Friends page. So if anybody wants it, it's out there. You can go pull it from the page. I really appreciate it. The more you share it, the more you share it, the happier we are. Um, But it's absolutely a wonderful, wonderful pie. It's taking a traditional egg custard and giving it a little sass, Kevin. Really wonderful pie. Well, I tried something that did not work out uh, quite the way I was hoping it would. Uh, a recipe for, um, I guess you would call them truffles, but it's uh, little bits of chocolate with um, cocoa or uh, pecans or, or um, coconut, you know, rolled in those. But uh, so I made the made the recipe, said it, sticked it in the refrigerator for thirty minutes, and you were supposed to, you know, pull it out and roll it up into balls and then roll it in the toppings and whatever. <clears throat> Well, after 30 minutes, it was not anywhere near solid enough. So I put it in the refrigerator for another three hours or so. Uh, and it still was close to being solid, but it was not quite solid enough. So I stick it in the freezer uh, for a couple of hours. And that still didn't do I mean, it got cold, but it was not quite – There was it was too moist. And I could never get it to actually roll up into so a ball. So did you add butter to this? Is that what you did? Mm-mm. What did you add in it? What's well, a secret ingredient. Here's what you did. Melted <laughs> chocolate chips. Okay. Put some uh, vanilla. Okay. Cup of cold p- mashed potatoes. Okay. That's it. Huh. So anyway, so I mixed that all together, and it, and it looked good, and it, you know, but it would never get to be solid enough to roll up. In other words, it would you it would come out on a spoon, but then when you try to roll it up with your your hands, it would it was not firm enough. So were your potatoes too soft from the beginning, Kevin? Were they nice and stiff potatoes? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out. I think that I think I might have just need to uh, adjust the recipe and possibly put more solid in there because it said the other thing, the recipe said stir, 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 stir. And so I thought it was going to be difficult. But to me, the batter, if you want to call it that, was moist to begin with. And so, like I said, I think I might just add more. more uh, potato than it, the recipe calls for. The other thing I would do uh, would be to, uh, even though I had mashed the potatoes when I made them, I would have mashed them up again because there were little bits of, you know, chunks that didn't get kind of dissolved up there. Anyway, so what I did was <clears throat> I had some graham crackers, so I put out an 8 by 10 or an 8 by 8 square pan, and I layered it with graham crackers, and then I spread some of the chocolate on there and put the toppings that I was going to roll up in there. So I made sort of a uh, a graham cracker dessert, I guess. So I've not tried it, so we'll have to wait and see. Although I did test the chocolate, and the chocolate tasted good. And that's why I was like, I've got this big bowl of chocolate. i got to figure out something <laughs> to do with it. So. Well, see, there you go. Ingenuity at its best, Kevin. And that's the wonderful thing about the kitchen. You're not going to always get it right, but then creativity, you know, kicks in and you'll try to figure out because you don't want to waste product. But sometimes you don't you don't get it right. And, you know, there are chefs that have been cooking for hundreds of years and they still just don't get it right every time. So, yeah, I'd like to try that again because it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing. The idea of the, uh, you know, mashed potatoes being the the center of your, your candy. So hopefully... I'll give it another go and, and see how it works. And again, if it doesn't work again, I've got another bowl of chocolate to make up something <laughs> with. 
We need to take a quick break. When we get back, uh, we will uh, begin talking with our guest. It's uh, Andy Lemon, Program Coordinator of the Society of St. Andrew. It's a, a hunger prevention group. We'll talk to him about the work that his organization does and continue uh, talking about things going on in your kitchen as well. The number to call, one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Back with more of the show after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. <clears throat> We've talked a little bit about this, the food that Deborah brought in for us this morning, but uh, in a minute, well, our guest will be here in studio with us. We're going to be visiting with uh, Andy Lemon, who is the program coordinator for the Society of St. Andrew. It's a group that uh, takes um, excess food and helps feed the hungry citizens, uh, I think probably all throughout Mississippi, but we'll get the, the details from Andy in just a few minutes when he arrives. Someone uh, is escorting him back here to our part of the building, so he should be here in just a couple of minutes. So um, how did you meet Andy? Well, we Andy and I met through a mutual friend. We're actually going to be working on a project together uh, during the uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays uh, with the Society of St. Andrews, and I'm really excited about that because it's an excellent organization. Uh, they're based all over the country, and we're very privileged to have a um, chapter of Society of St. Andrews right here in Mississippi. And literally, Kevin, it's just what you said. They um, glean food from farmers from all over the state, those uh, secondary foods that would just be uh, gone to waste that's left in the field. And they take out a group of gleamers, and they collect that food, and then they share it with um, you know, organizations like churches and homeless shelters and uh, shelters for battered women. And it just and because there are so many people that you wouldn't even suspect, Kevin, that really are in need of daily food product. We just take things for granted. And so here's this amazing society that shows up right here in our state. And it's one of um, one of the second organizations that I work with. We also have a second organization called the Food Network of Mississippi, and they do some of the similar things. So we're quite privileged to have them here. Yeah, I think if I remember, we've had folks from the Food Network on here before. And again, that's a really great work that they do. And in this case, uh, as you say, it's it's food that might otherwise go to waste. And so... I want to put it to good use. Well, I think it's such a brilliant idea, you know, and whether you are a farm or a restaurant here and there are food items, you know, that you can share with people in your community. It just makes good sense for Mississippi to take care of Mississippi. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. (laughs) Yeah, so we're joined in studio now by Andy Lemon, who's the program coordinator for the Society of St. Andrew. Um, Andy, we've talked a little bit about it. Uh, um, Deborah's been talking about her um, meeting you and, and uh, the idea of the Society of St. Andrews. So let's uh, begin by asking you, uh, tell us about the Society and, and sort of what are the goals of the organization? So our goals are twofold primarily. It's to uh, feed the hungry in our state and to reduce food waste. Uh, so what we do is we partner with providers, farmers, growers, grocers, anybody that might have um, an abundance of produce, an abundance of fruits and vegetables, and then we use volunteers to get that food to agencies that feed people in need, like food pantries, things like that. Um, is, is food wasting um, a major problem? 
Yeah, so with the latest estimates, every every time they do a little bit more detailed study, the number seems to grow. But the last post that I read, Huffington Post, said about 30% of what we grow in the U.S. as a whole uh, isn't fit for market. It means it's not pretty enough, it's not the right size, not the right shape, not the right color. Uh, something that makes it not good enough to sell, but still plenty good to eat. And so it ends up being discarded because they won't have a market for it. So mm -hmm. we kind of fill in that opportunity to uh, gather the food that's left behind. To give you an idea of numbers, in 2016, we gathered the old-fashioned way by hand and distributed 2.9 million pounds of fruits and vegetables between Mississippi and Arkansas. Wow. That's fantastic. So, Andy, how do you build relationships with uh, farmers in order to do that? That's probably the hardest part is uh, <laughs> there's not just a, a big sign that says, hi, I'm a farmer and I have food that I'm not using. I'd love to share it with you. Uh, it takes a lot of good old-fashioned Mississippi relationship building, just talking to the right person at the right time, being at conferences, being at churches, being um, just anywhere somebody is willing to talk to you and, and listen to what you do. Um, tell them about an opportunity. We went to a farmer's market, met a lady that was shopping. Turns out she's best friends with three farmers, and she's going to share our information with them just to, to tell them, hey, here's an opportunity. You remember that time you told me you had too many tomatoes? I have somebody that's willing to come get them and then feed hungry people with them. Fantastic. So on these farms, if if it weren't for you and groups like uh, the, the uh, Society of St. Andrew, this food would eventually just be thrown away? Uh, so a lot of times the food uh, ends up, the farmers don't have a market for it. As they, as they plant, they plan for the year what they're going to sell. Usually they'll plant a little bit more than they need to allow for ups and downs, weather, bugs, things like that. But they'll also, um, when they're harvesting, they'll look, and if things aren't the right size, shape, or color, they may not pick it. For example, we had a squash farmer that he just... His guys picked everything off the plants. If you know anything about squash, you have to pick the plants. They grow so fast. So he picked all the squash off. They sit back at the barn, and then they sort out. This is small. This is about the size of a chicken wing. We're going to keep it. We're going to sell it. This, this is too big. This is about the size of my hand. We're just going to throw it away. It won't get a good price. It's not worth our time to package it and transport it and sell it. But I would guess also that you're helping the farmers out because with all this produce around, they would have to find some way to get rid of it. Uh, and so it kind of taking it off their hands helps them in, in maybe a way that's unforeseen. Absolutely. So there, there's multiple benefits. Like if we talk about squash, the more you pick the plants, the more they mm -hmm. produce. So if we go in with a farm and help pick things that are too big, they get fresh fruits to come onto that plant. The other way is if they've already picked the food and they've already sorted it and washed it, but it's just not going to get enough money to make it back for them, they can get a tax deduction for their donations um, because we are a 501c3 and we do track all of the food that moves through our network, so they can get another tax incentive with it. One of the things, and too, that happens sometimes, Kevin, with leftover uh, food products is that they just feed animals with it. And mm -hmm. so the food has a, a dual purpose because farm animals are being taken care of, but it's like you said, Andy, some of those products really do serve a better benefit to feed a hungry family. If you think of sweet potatoes, uh, when they harvest them, you know, there, there's going to be some that are just not the right size or shape or, or, or particular formation to, to make it to market, um, but they're plenty good to eat. And then there's some that maybe they sat in a puddle too long in the field and they're just not going to be fit for people to eat. Mm -hmm. Deer, horses, cows, they love those. Um, so there's a little bit of everything, room for everybody at the table. Uh, you're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Andy Lemon, who is the program coordinator for the Society of St. Andrew. It's a group that works to uh, uh, eliminate homelessness uh, in the country. Uh, so if you have a question about the work that they do, or if you want to tell us what's going on in your kitchen, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 
672-7464. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, Andy, tell us a bit about your background and, and how you got involved with the Society of St. Andrew. Well, it was it was kind of a happenstance. I grew up as a, a preacher's kid in Mississippi. My parents were Methodist pastors, and so I was always involved in a church. And I uh, went to Mississippi State and uh, go dogs. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, my my wife and I. We got degrees in, in counseling, and, and she works at Whitfield now. And and I ended up working in sales for a few years, and and wanted to find something that I could do full time. That was a service position. That was something just giving back to the community, to the state, and um, the Society of St Andrew opportunity kind of kind of fell into my lap. They really needed somebody um, in a moment, and they needed somebody with a, a diverse set of skills and, and something that could be not only at home on a farm, but also, you know, at home um, in the behind the, the pulpit at a church sharing with a group, you know, they needed a, a diverse and so kind of fell into my lap, really. So, Kevin, you really have to hear Andy just kind of tune up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh, the Society of St. Andrew? You, I think you mentioned it's a, a nationwide organization. Could you if you could give us maybe a little bit of background and history there? So it is a nationwide organization. We have eight regional offices. Um, if you know your football and your SEC, uh, we have a state office in each one of those states there. Um, it started in Virginia, though, just outside of Lynchburg, a little tiny town called Big Island. Uh, when I went to visit for the first time, I was blown away because it's not big and it's not an island. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great little town. And uh, they, they two Christian families started the organization back in the 70s because they wanted to live a life of um, good stewardship of their resources and, and being uh, good citizens in their communities. They wanted to use everything they had fully. They didn't want to waste. Um, and it kind of evolved into talking to a farmer and, and talking about how if they ever have food that they don't use, because they were kind of aware of the, the food waste issue, and this is 70s, 80s, that they would be glad to, to take care and that one farmer um, just took a chance and said, well, you know what? Absolutely. I've got thousands of pounds of potatoes that I would love to share with you um, that I just, I always have more than I can use. And uh, it slowly evolved from that. Um, Going back to, I think, 1983, just it's gotten a little bit bigger. In fact, I think that farm is still a very large donor of ours. Um, But we've slowly moved. So it started in Virginia, it moved to North Carolina. It's spread over into Tennessee and Florida and to Georgia, Alabama and Mississippi slash Arkansas is our most westward office. So if people want to volunteer and become a part of uh, this amazing project, what do they do to sign up? We have definitely uh, been blessed with a wonderful team. They've made it easier on us to do that. Uh, Our website is www.endhunger.org slash register. So you can fill out information, your address, your information. If you want to receive newsletters, you can click that. If you don't want to, you don't have to click that. Um, But that helps us get in touch with where you are. Uh, Because in Mississippi, for example, um, there are certain times of the year that we're going to be as far north as New Albany, and there's certain times of the year we're going to be as far south as Poplarville. So we're going to want to be able to, when we're in your area, let you know about opportunities that are near you, uh, ways you can get involved. You can join us in a field. You could join us at a church. We have uh, other opportunities. We're working on fundraising. We're working on other things that you can do to participate. Um, it may just be that we have food. Uh, this past Friday, we were at the Mississippi Food Network, and it may just be that we were able to get a truckload of bananas sent to the Food Network, and we need somebody to come to the food bank and help us take the food to various agencies around town. And not just any bananas, but I heard they were very special bananas, Andy. They are. They're Manzano bananas, uh, which I had no idea what that was until Friday. Uh, They're about three or four inches long, and they're apple-flavored. Manzano is, uh, I think, Spanish for apple, so it's an apple banana. Hmm. 
Go figure, Kevin. I can't wait to create something yummy from one of those bananas. That's great. I brought you a few. <laughs> yes. I was hoping well, you did. So, yeah. <laughs> there is actually a banana blight. So it's uh, if, if you like the regular bananas, they might be going away, and we might need to learn to eat a different type of banana because the popular bananas that we all eat are being wiped out across the globe, if I remember correctly. I you are. They're the, the yes. Cavendish bananas, the right. regular right. dessert bananas. They just have used the same plant species for so many years that it's just not tolerant anymore. And so that this is what we had this opportunity with other types of bananas. Uh, yeah. And it, when saying that, it, you know, the project that you're working on, Andy, really talks about being full circle because not only are you working with farmers and you're helping families, but this is also a conversation about the environment and us being able to take care of the earth and use the resources very mindfully, uh, you know, as we move forward into our future, because like Kevin was saying, there, can you imagine 20 years from now, 40 years from now, our children will not have some of the same food staples that we have become very accustomed to. And especially as the world markets change, we're seeing that happen very fastly right before our eyes. Absolutely. So when you think of food waste, like that's a, it's slowly becoming a more common term. But when you think of food waste, um, it's food that is discarded at every level of the supply chain from where it originates at the farm to your refrigerator when it sat just a little too long because you right. haven't used it. Uh, but when you think of food waste, it's not just, oh, it's sad, I threw away an egg. You know, I didn't finish the dozen eggs, I threw away one egg. There were resources that were put into that egg that mm-hmm. were wasted. You know, we use a lot of water in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, fresh water, so that we can irrigate our crops. You know, crops are a huge industry here. And so when you waste that food, you didn't just waste the resources. Um, you waste the calories, the energy the food has. You waste uh, the money, the resources, the supplies that went into getting it to where it is, the cost, the freight, things like that. Um, so food waste is one of those that's just there's a huge pyramid of things that go into it. And when you can cut down on food waste, you don't just reduce those wasted resources. You reduce uh, greenhouse emissions, you know, mm-hmm. rotting and, and wasting food um, that's not composted, you know, can give off a lot of harmful gases. Uh, so you're able to, to kind of, like you said, full circle, just yeah, benefit every step of the way. Um, and, and when you think of hunger, I mean, it, all the way back full circle, you think of people not having enough. Why not use what you already have before you create something new? And I think one of the things that happens a lot of times when we think about, you know, world hunger, we think in other countries. Mm-hmm. We never really realize that there are people right next door to us. And what I'm realizing, Andy, it's not always uh, people that we may deem to be homeless, mm-hmm. but sometimes these are executives, these are housewives, these are firemen, these are police officers, people who've had real life struggles. Uh, sometimes that may even have a difficult time asking for help because of the position that we put them in. And we just don't believe that people really are in trouble. So it, it really is great to have services right at church where people can come and just pick up food without even having a conversation about why. Right. And and that's the thing is is, is the, the term that, that we use in, in the hunger relief circle is, is the working poor. It's people mm-hmm. that are working. You know, I tell this story because it's so exemplary of what we do, but it's it's a, a working father and, and a working mother and they have two kids and dad was driving a dump truck for one of our events and he uh, dumped out all the potatoes for our big potato drop and he was asking, what are you going to do? Are you going to give these away for, for free? And we were like, yeah, well, you know, there's people in need that we want to help get food to. You know, we don't want to put any barriers up. And he said, well, you know, I, I don't know about just helping anybody, you know. And I told him a story about a dad that works and 
comes home and mom's cooking dinner and she puts food on all their plates and she puts a little serving on everyone's plate and one of the kids finishes and says, I want more. You know, and dad says, he just knows there isn't more, so he shovels a little bit of food off of his plate onto his daughter's plate, and he eats less food, and he goes to work with a half-full belly because he wanted to make sure his child didn't feel hungry. Um, but you don't see that because he and the wife both work. They they don't have enough money for all of the expenses that they have, and they do have some food. Right. Um, we call that food insecure. Um, that's something that we're working with. We need to take another break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. We're visiting today with Andy Lemon, who is the program coordinator for the Society of St. Andrew. It's a group that works to abolish hunger uh, in our country. Uh, If you have a question for Andy about the work of the Society of St. Andrew, or again, if you'd like to tell us what's going on in your kitchen, uh, give us a call. The phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more after this. standing member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Resonating today with Andy Lemon, who's program coordinator of the Society of St. Andrew, an organization that works to end hunger in Mississippi and other parts of the country. Uh, if you have a question about the work of the Society for Andy, or if you want to let us know what's going on in your kitchen this morning, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464, send an email to food at mpbonline.org. You know, Andy, I think another interesting thing and another term that we hear when we talk about uh, food and hunger and, and that sort of thing is the idea of a food desert. Uh, it's where, you know, people live in areas where they don't really have access uh, to quality food uh, in their area. And I guess this would be something where the Society of St. Andrew could help out. And again, it's sort of moving resources from an area where they're not being used into somewhere where they can do a whole lot of good. Absolutely. So uh, our our answer to so the food desert is a really hard problem, especially in Mississippi, where mm-hmm. so many people live so far out and have such limited means to transportation. You know, our, our public transportation does not drive you all the way to Rolling Fork, Mississippi. Um, but you think of counties like that that don't have a grocery store. I mean, I couldn't imagine a county, an entire county, not having a grocery store um, until I became aware. But we do something called a crop drop um, and a produce pickup. It, it's we have, uh, especially sweet potatoes, we have large quantities available to us when the, when the farmers donate them. Uh, like we had about 10,000 pounds of sweet potatoes donated last week by a farmer. So what we did is we drove them to a partner um, organization, a community and a church uh, in Coffeeville, Mississippi. And what we did is, you know, they're a little bit isolated just outside of Water Valley, just a little bit east of Tallahatchie County there. And uh, we drove the potatoes out there. The volunteers come out. We have bags. They sort through it and put together the bags of all the good potatoes that are fit. And then we have these churches and other smaller informal networks that are working on reducing hunger in their communities come and just take a set amount of bags to provide for the people uh, so they can't 
that may not be able to drive all the way to Jackson to pick something up, um, but we can bring food to that area um, in limited quantities so that they can get fresh, healthy foods. And, you know, it's really amazing, Kevin, because, you know, the to use the term food desert is almost kind of, you know, extreme if you're used to being able to go to your refrigerator and eat whatever you want to eat and your kids, you know, going you know, five or six times during the day. And you really don't think about that while you are sitting down and enjoying all this yummy stuff, just about uh, 50 miles away from you are people who literally cannot get food. And so to be able to have organizations like the Food Network and Society of St. Andrews working together, hey, Marilyn Blackledge, uh, is really, you know, is really quite amazing. And to be able to volunteer your time and services. So, Andy, if people can't physically go out to the farm, how can they help you? Well, one of the easiest ways um, is is helping us raise awareness and then, of course, making donations. Uh, The way that we do it, because we rely on food that's already available to us and and we try to be very, very responsible with the funds that we use, uh, what we have is uh, an average of about three cents per serving. So you you think if you donate a dollar, that's about 35 servings of food through our network when you provide that way. So even if you can't come, but if you know of somebody in need, um, that's a way to, to help us further our mission. Well, see, I'm going to make a joke, Kevin. So, how, you know, when I hear that and I go three cents to make a meal, how can I do that at home, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've never figured that one out yet. But to be able to give back to, you know, what I consider our neighbors, you know, our friends and our family, it's worth every dollar that we can invest and it's worth your time and your energy. So if local farmers that are listening today, because we do have farmers that are listening, want to become a part of this program, what do they do? They simply call. Um, so my cell phone is 769-233-0887. All you have to do is call and, and tell us what you grow and, and how you would like to donate or how you would like to make it available. One farmer didn't want to donate from his warehouse, so he just told us that he would um, let us come onto his fields. And last Friday, while I had people at the Food Network, we also had somebody in a farm field leading a group just picking up the, the, the potatoes that fall off of the trucks because there's so many on the trucks when they're hauling them. So we just keep picking up the food that's left for us because we're not afraid to get out there and work hard. Speaking of potatoes, um, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe about a month ago at Jackson State, we had potatoes and watermelons and we had uh, music and chefs and we had uh, Cindy Ayers out there and a lot of other people. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. That was the community. I mean, I I don't have a, a, a... I feel like English is such a limited language. There isn't like a word that has 10 meanings for us to, to describe it. But uh, what we did is we have a crop drop where we bring potatoes into an isolated area that can't get to the fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and we've done it a couple of times with JSU and their student and their freshman leadership team getting volunteer hours. Uh, but we wanted to do it bigger and better this last August in 2017. And uh, so what we did is we just called our community partners like the Mississippi Food Network, Patty Patterson, Chef Nick Wallace, Dr. Ayers, Good Samaritan Center, Partnership for Mississippi. Um, Lots of people were involved in just making connections, even if they couldn't be there. And what happened is we just, the community came out. We had people in need. We had services available to them. We had uh, groups that were teaching people how to make uh, grow grow container gardens in their house, and Patty Patterson was giving a demonstration and then sending people home with little kits so they could grow their own food. Absolutely. Speaking of, we have Patty Patterson on the line. (laughs) Uh, thanks for calling oh, in, Patty. Wow. Go ahead. Good morning. This is so perfect. I just happened to be going back through where the radio was on, and I was like, 
crap drop. And that sounds familiar. That voice sounds familiar. Hi, Patty. How are you? Hey, this is so amazing that you hear the good things going on in the community. And um, no pat on my back, but I work so hard here. And um, it, it doesn't go unnoticed. I always tell people, just get involved. Don't worry about the media. You know, God sees your spirit, and things just happen. And I just happened to be going back by the radio, and I was like, let me call and say, hey, we had a crop job at Jackson State, and it went so well. And, yes, I, I, I stay involved with Jackson State. I'm right here in the community. I'm a graduate. But to have this going on where people really can get involved and give back and, and, and receive as well, it's, it's, it's better to receive, it's like the Lord says, you know, where people – to give then receive so it's a reciprocated process where it's, it's so good for people to know that um we are here for them in their time of need and those potatoes they go a long way the smiles on people's faces and to see other things that we've added it gets bigger and bigger each year and um the lord has really blessed it and we just thank god for the potatoes that come in and the watermelons that came um 300 plus watermelons my right kind of it was yes. so great. Yeah, we had a great time, and we just going to keep, keep blessing Mississippi, and, and, and the Lord will keep blessing us back. And I thank you all. This is Patty Patterson. I was doing those, garden, those container gardens, and I'm still making them because we're still getting requests. And they're so small enough that they can grow little things right there in their own home, sit in the windowsill, sit on the porch or wherever. And I'm just happy to serve. Thank you all so much. All right. Thank you, Patty. Great call, Patty. Thanks for calling in this morning. Uh, that that really is, you know, heartwarming. And as you say, this really is a community effort. And I guess this working uh, with the Society of St. Andrew might be a, a, a sorority, uh, maybe a, a, a service group at a high school, a church group, that sort of thing. This really would be an opportunity for folks to really make a difference, give back to the community. And Kevin, when I tell you, it's, you know, I know the the scripture says it is more blessed to give than to receive, but you talked about a happy group of people receiving things and there's no requirement. There's not an age requirement. There's not an economic requirement. You show up, there's some things that are prepackaged, grab a bag of stuff. And it's just, and it's a great way to meet people. I met so many wonderful people uh, at Jackson State. Some folks I already knew, some I didn't know. And it was just really an amazing community feeling. And, and this happens all the time. And you guys are busy yes. sharing all the time. And it's contagious to see the love and the caring and to see people, you know, getting food, Kevin, and giving hugs and seeing the smiles and the fellowship. And um, the day we were at Jackson State, it was absolutely gorgeous. It's a little warm, <laughs> but it was absolutely gorgeous. And I got really excited because... Uh, as Andy is working really hard, I look down at his chest, and for those of you who know, I collect heart shapes. And Andy had this huge sweat spot that had turned into a heart shape. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it before in my life, and I might I might have scared him because I was like, "Oh my god!" And I stopped and I grabbed my phone and I had to take pictures. And he's looking like what? You know. So I thought that was pretty. So he's giving in love, Kevin. I thought right. that's really sweet. Uh, let me jump in here real quick. We had some uh, some phone calls, and they really didn't want to go on air, but I told them I'll pass the story on. They wanted to say thank you to you, Andy, for the work that you're doing. I don't know if they were um, 
uh, personally affect uh, uh, impacted by the Society of St. Andrew. But she said that she was going through sort of a tough time and basically living off of uh, ramen, bananas and water, mm-hmm. um, you know, during her little rough patch, but uh, was able to participate in her local food bank. Um, Might have been through the Mississippi Food Network. And um, through that and the work of people just like yourself, Andy, she was able to, you know, kind of turn herself around and pick things up. And now, because of the, um, the, you know, the blessing that was given to her, she's able to donate to her food bank and see the impact, you know, that it that it makes. So just like Deborah just said, it's kind of contagious once you even if you are affected or you are affecting other people, it just kind of goes on and on and on and on and on. Like those commercials when you see one person do a good thing and then the next person does a good thing and the next person does a good thing. It just kind of goes like that. And she wanted to share that story, but she didn't want to go on air. What a sweet story. And Java, one of the things that's not said about Mississippi enough, you know, we people are always talking about where we are on the totem pole, but what they forget to tell is we are the biggest givers in the country. Do your homework. When you, when you do the math, Kevin, Mississippians are the biggest givers in the nation. And so it really talks about the spirit of hospitality and who we are here and the fellowship that we have and the barriers and the lines that have been crossed because people here really want to take care of their neighbors. And it really makes my heart happy to see that happen. And there's so many things I find as I'm doing it, like we're, we're grassroots and we want to stay that way and we want to stay relationship based and, and community anchored and we want to stay that way. But when I, I work with these new partners and I, I meet someone and she was just written about in the, the Huffington Post, um, Betsy Chapman at the Oxford Community Farmers Market, uh, what they were doing was a fresh food drive where they would just have a donation booth set up at their farmers market and they would just encourage shoppers to buy extra food from the farmers and donate it at the booth because they saw that there would be food left over at the farmer's market, things that wouldn't be good a week later that might end up being discarded or used to feed animals since they wanted to find a use for it. Uh, So they started this, but they weren't able to maintain it. It was They were worried about volunteers. They were worried about support. Uh, they were worried about funding, things that they needed to do to continue this fresh food drive. And when we came across, I, I tried to sell her this great idea of donating excess food. And she was like, we already have something where we do it. Um, so what we ended up doing is just partnering together, using um, our joint effort to, to make it go further, You know, to work together, something that's already happening in Mississippi. Somebody's already doing great. We just work together to help carry it on further. Absolutely. And to be able to do that, uh, even on a private basis from your own home, you know, because sometimes you buy some food items and if you see in a few days, you're not going to be able to use those things. Or if you cooked large amounts of food instead of just trashing it, pack that stuff up, find a local shelter to share it with. Uh, People are open armed about eating, uh, you know, even just passing through your community and you see people that you know are in in trouble to stop and share something with your neighbor. People are grateful for for fresh, cooked, happy food. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even if you just want to give us a call at that 769-233-0887, we would be glad to help you find a place near you. The music right. behind that, Kevin. <clears throat> One more break this hour. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We're visiting today on Deep South Dining with Andy Lemon, who's program coordinator for the Society of St. Andrew. Back to wrap up the show after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with Andy Lennon, who's the program coordinator for the Society of St. Andrews. Uh, St. Andrew, it's a pro, uh, it's an organization uh, that works to end hunger in America. We've got a caller on the line uh, with a recipe for us, and it's uh, Mikey from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Good morning, Mikey. Oh, good morning. Listen, I, you know, it's like it's something I've just I'm working on now, and I, you know, I, you're, pro- uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for the program. <laughs> um, uh, okay, let me get to the recipe. Um, I use uh, eggs are generally always inexpensive, right? I mean, or I can, affordable, affordable. Okay. And um, and when I bought, I, I, I took a teapot. <laughs> I came up with this one. Um, hot plate cooking, okay? Um, because while an oven roasting is wonderful when it's hot weather, it's not so great to heat up your house and then cool it down to air conditioning, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's not that's not very energy efficient. Um, I'm cooking on a hot plate that uh, with the fan that blows that the uh, ventilates out the window. Um, uh, and I uh, finally, duh, you know, after um, having this teapot for several years, it's a corningware teapot. It's not that large. It, this is good for people who don't have to cook a lot, but it could work. If, if you've got to cook a lot, go outside and cook it that way. Um, uh, the teapot, I, I boiled half a dozen eggs in it, along with... Um, uh, some peppers that are dried from last season's um, harvest, uh, along with some garlic uh, and some other herbs that I like. And um, I did two separate boilings of a dozen eggs. The, the eggs cost me a dollar. Okay. And then I took the water that I had um, used to boil the eggs in and dumped in um, another bought on sale um, uh, amount of pre-washed greens, in, uh, primarily collard kale, those sorts of things, and um, it turned it down to low, and uh, frankly, I fell asleep on the couch and it took <laughs> for a few hours, <laughs> and I'm telling you, these are some of the best greens I've ever tasted. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, Mikey, thanks. Uh, might have invented a new uh, method for cooking greens there. Always good to hear from you. Let's uh, move on next. We've got Mary in Braxton. Good morning, Mary. Hey, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. I was thinking even before it was mentioned about giving uh, money when we don't have the possibility of getting to some place to help out otherwise. I was turned on by the sustaining giving for the... Uh, uh, MBP, MBP. Right. And I found out that there are other places that will do that too. And uh, uh, the uh, Mississippi uh, Food Network is one place. And uh, you don't even have to give very much, just give a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's. It, it, I'm 84. I don't get down on my knees and get on the ground to pick up uh, <laughs> things and stuff like that anymore. But uh, it, it it gives me a feeling of being a part of the community that I, I didn't have for a while. All right. 
Mary, thanks for the call. That's a good thought, too, is that uh, it was, she was referring to the sustainer program of some uh, givers at MPB. Uh, it's just automatically uh, taken out of their account each month, and I know other places do that as well. It's a way uh, that you can make those contributions, and it kind of works into your monthly budget. So uh, thanks for the thoughts there, uh, Mary. Um, so, Andy, before we go, uh, tell us about the Harvest of Hope. So the Harvest of Hope is our educational and advocacy piece. Uh, what we try to do is we try to make a retreat program out of it so that we can not only glean food left over in farms, but we can also give participants kind of the experience of limiting living on limited resources. Uh, like when we have youth groups, say youth group signed up for a weekend retreat of a Harvest of Hope, we encourage them not to bring a bunch of Gatorades and, and you know fudge rounds and a bunch of excess. Um, the, the entry fee covers the food and a t-shirt and, and your lodging for the weekend. And what we do is we get out in the morning and we have gleaning. In the afternoon, we have education and awareness and kind of talking more about hunger and food insecurity and the working poor and kind of opening our eyes, we realized that um, so many people would love to make a difference in the lives of their neighbors if they were aware of how they could do it um, and what it really looks like. You know, like you were talking about, you don't understand when somebody might be in need just because they aren't uh, struggling with homelessness or something very visible um, doesn't mean that they're not struggling to keep food on the table for every person in the house. So we try to use that as an educational piece to really involve people, make them aware, and give them an opportunity to serve while being aware. And because of the heart of Society of St. Andrews, uh, Kevin, Cooking with Honey and Friends has partnered with them. And this November and December, we're going to actually be doing a fundraiser for them. And we can't wait to share more about that a little bit later on. But we're really excited. Uh, And it's what Mary was saying. You know, I could feel her heart when she was talking. You know, it gives you a way to give back to the community, even if you can't come and physically, you know, pick up potatoes and tomatoes and all the other yummy stuff that they're gleaming, you can take a dollar or two dollars a month and give because as Andy was saying, you know, three cents will help provide food for, you know, people that they're serving. So every three cents count. That's uh, going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, uh, thanking our guest, Andy Lemon, and inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.